All right, Steph, I got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good was. book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book? Honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes and Noble. Yes. And? And our website, KevinAndSteph.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation with Sheriff Chris Swanson from Genesee County Sheriff's Office in Flint, Michigan. Hope you enjoy this episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Steph, I am so excited for this next conversation we're going to have. This has been postponed a few weeks and we've... For good reason. For good reason. We've been working constantly over the last three to four weeks with Sheriff Swanson's assistance Mm -hmm. and team of folks. And we finally had the opportunity to have a conversation with him. So for listeners, for those who are not aware of Sheriff Swanson. This man had a video that went viral back in May, and it was around a peaceful protest that took place at the Genesee County Sheriff's Office in Flint, Michigan, where people were getting ready to riot. And he went into a crowd of people, took off his helmet, took off his gear and was like, Hey, listen, what do you want us to do? We are here to help. We are here to serve the community. You know, that sheriff over there, he likes hugs. We love you guys. What do you want us to do? And then the crowd started chanting, walk with us, walk with us. So he's like, okay, let's walk. And so he led a peaceful protest. He called it a parade. And they walked throughout Flint, Michigan. And it made national news stuff because of how incredible this example of leadership was. So listeners, we're going to play this audio clip for you before we get into a conversation with Sheriff. Listen to this audio clip that went viral Back in May. The only reason we're here is to make sure that you got a voice. That's it. There we go. Don't think for a second. Don't think for a second that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. I just want to tell you. Where's, where's my man? Right there. Where's the where's the gentleman? Oh, I think he took off. Okay. Yeah, well, man. He took off. Pastor Hawkins, see, I'm just gonna tell you. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. You got little ones here, you got dogs, so what's up? So listen, I'm just telling you, these cops love you. That cop over there hugs people, so. 
You tell us what you need to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest has served his country in law enforcement and emergency medicine for the past 27 years at Genesee County Sheriff's Office in Flint, Michigan. He is a four-time Ironman, licensed paramedic, professional speaker, author of two books. Keep going. He is the sheriff who took off his riot gear to join demonstrators in a peaceful protest that went viral two months ago. And, and most recently, he is the man leading a law enforcement team to protect children and fight child trafficking. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Sheriff Chris Swanson. Welcome. There's no hero. I want to say I added hero. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you, sir, for oh, joining us. Oh, my goodness. Us. I'm so excited about this. We have been excited. So our original conversation, Sheriff, was supposed to take place on August 12th, and it got postponed. Then later that day, Steph and I saw you announcing a special operation in an attempt to rescue 27 children that had pretty much fallen off the grid. So Steph and I then forgave you uh, for postponing. Yes, postponing our conversation because that sounded pretty important. Until I trumped it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. But sir, can you tell us about the work your office is doing with this ghost operation you know uh you kind of came in on our third rescue because we started back in 2018 uh we did our first rescue in may of 18 and there were 71 kids that were identified we did another one last year and then on uh, august the 12th we did our third rescue and really what they are is all those kids 17 and under boys and girls that have fallen through the cracks of society that they are the forgotten population they're the kids from uh school districts, kids that are in juvenile court, kids that have been in foster care, but have left from 17 all the way down to 10. And for whatever reason, everybody lost track of them because of the business of life. So we use all our resources to find out when's the last time someone saw these kids. And we've identified that day, 27 of them that nobody has seen. Wow. And so what we do is we go find them. And, uh, that's one part of what we do in our ghost team, which is the Genesee Human Oppression Strike Team. Now, that's not the only thing ghost does, but it just so happened that day was a rescue in the morning. And then that week closed out five different undercover sting operations to seek out child predators that were coming to have sex with 14 and 13-year-old boys and girls. Mm. Oh, I have goosebumps right now. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. As a parent, what would you tell us is the best way? I mean, I know some people don't even believe in this stuff, right? Right? Isn't it? It's and crazy. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's so. It's real. I mean, honest truth. I was taking my one daughter to the mall, and I have a death grip. Like I'm holding her so tight to me, and she's like, "Mama, that kind of hurts." I'm like, "No, baby, you're good. You're good." Because <laughs> I don't want to yeah. get her out of my sight. What yeah. would you tell parents is the best way to protect them? Well, I'm going to answer that by just not only parents, but also like peers. So friends talking to friends, uh, sisters and brothers talking. Everybody thinks human trafficking is all kidnapping, dragging to a white van, and you're never seen again. And that does happen. But you know, 90% of all human trafficking are people that are sucked into the trafficking world because they're groomed. 
Mm. They're given something that they don't have from somewhere else. And by the time they realize it, they're in the trap. I'll give you an example. You have a kid who comes from a great family, but a mom or dad either divorced or they don't pay attention. And the kid is seeking and yearning for love and attention, but they don't get it. What happens is they're either on Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram, or they're playing a, a game and you are able to communicate and somebody just says, hey, beautiful, you're amazing. And it triggers a psychological response. It's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so what they say is, well, thank you, or thanks, or too cool. And like, tell me about yourself. And now they get into this conversation and it takes it to a fantasy world because this trafficker on the other end or this pedophile knows the psychological buttons to push. So then they seek out what areas that they're lacking and they say, hey, don't let anybody tell you you're not pretty. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not this. Hey, do me a favor. Send me a picture how pretty you are. How about this? Send me your address. I'm going to send you something. I'm going to Venmo some money to you. And all those things, they start out very innocent. And then they say, well, I'll tell you what, if you want this, why don't you meet me at this intersection? Hey, if you want this, send me a picture of you naked. And they do one of those two things. And once they're in the grip, just like sending a, a graphic picture, once they send a gripping picture of them naked or doing some sexual act that could be embarrassing, those traffickers and pimps use it as sextortion. Right. So it's these kids that are never going to be kidnapped, but they get sucked into a world. And now they flip and they say, you meet me here and you're going to do this, or this is what's going to happen. So grooming goes into control and it's in America. It's in Thailand. It's in Mexico. It's in Haiti. There's not a corner of our world that doesn't have people that are trafficked. And I might add, there's a, a big difference between prostitution and trafficking. Prostitution is bad for sure, but it's usually um, drug-induced, drug-driven. It's very stationary, and those people don't leave. They just go there and, and stay at the same place, or they do an online post through either Skip the Games or or city X guys or something along those lines. And they post, whereas trafficking is taking people against their will and moving them. It's commercial sex against their will. And the definition across the world is anybody under the age of 17 that is in commercial sex, whether it's volunteer or involuntarily is involved in human trafficking. That's the definition in between regular sex trafficking and labor trafficking there are 24.9 million slaves in the world we have today. Oh. oh, my goodness. So is it true, Sheriff, that when you went to rescue, I believe, 16 of these kids under the age of 17, you found one in a barn, someone locked yeah. in a barn. Is that true? 100%. So there's this little girl, she's 16, and she comes from a broken family. She's with foster parents. The mom was off the grid. Dad was taking care of her. Went to the house and um, he, she wasn't there. And he's going here, going there. And he, uh, obviously, there's a lot of variables in that whole scenario. But he gave us a location that we went. And when uh, the team rolled up, a 21-year-old came out and was very aggressive. And he had two big dogs. And our team engaged this individual. And you can feel the aggression. And uh, he says, let me put my dogs away. So he put the dogs in the barn. But he's gone for an extended period of time. Side note, that whole week, because my experience with human trafficking is not just stateside, it's also international. 
I had brought up a team that I've worked with in other countries through human trafficking, and uh, two of them are SEALs, and one of them is a former ATF um, task force officer. So we had one from SEAL Team 1 and one from SEAL Team 3, and then this team had the ATF uh, Marshal Task Force men. So anyhow, he just happened to be there. His name is Mike, and as the guy was in the barn longer than he should have, he walked back to the barn the guy walks out and he's all hinky. And uh, so they take him to the house. Well, Mike goes into the barn and he's looking around, he's looking around and he sees in the back of the barn is this fenced in area and it's got wire over the, the, the top of that. So it's a big fenced in cage and uh, the doors locked from the outside. So from the inside, there's no way to get out. Well, he's looking through the crack and he sees this little girl all couched in with her knees up. And she's got these huge eyes. He's like, listen, I'm not here to hurt you. And that's how she was found. And what we found in that scenario is exactly what I told you is a lot of these girls who don't have that love component in their life, they think by giving up their body, this 21-year-old is going to save them. Well, what he's doing and what he has done is taken her to his friends, a 25-year-old, and uh, and that's how they traffic. So – I'm going to give you a shocking stat, mom, because you just talked about your kid. How old is your daughter? She's eight, and then I have another one that's five, and then a two-year-old okay. son. It's not too young to start, and what I call it, it's controlled growth, controlled education. You know, anybody who's watching your podcast or listening right now should talk to their kids about the reality of this. And there's a great source out there called the Polaris Project that you can get all the stats and myths about all this, and you can read for yourself the Polaris Project. So in April of this year, we rescued three little girls, a 15 and two 14-year-olds. And the reason I tell these stories is not to be crude, and I don't become too graphic, but it, it tells the story of reality for people to realize that it is in their backyard. Well, these three little girls were taken from the city of Detroit. Mom's on uh, drugs and dad's in prison, and the uh, savior comes and uh, quickly starts pimping them out. And uh, they're taking them to Toledo, Kalamazoo, Lansing, Detroit, and Flint. And we saw them on a site and we set up a reverse date. And so we ordered those girls up. But when we got there, we rescued them and we arrested the pimp. And these four, three girls, 15 and two 14 year old, uh, got sucked into human trafficking in January of this year. And we rescued them the first week of April of this year. Mm -hmm. And in those four months, they were pimped out over 400 times. Oh, no. Not only that, all three of them had sexually transmitted diseases. And when we interviewed them, all three of them separately said that every night the trafficker would tell them, you're going to go home tomorrow. You're going to go home tomorrow. You're going to go home tomorrow. And that was their life. In the trafficking world, there's no days off. There's no holidays. There's no shift work. You are at the mercy. And that's why it's such a horrific crime. Because crimes that take the innocence of our vulnerable are the worst in society. And it's the fastest growing crime in the world today. Oh. oh, God oh. bless! God bless you and your Teams. office Teams. for fighting that. My oh, goodness! Oh my gosh, it's so needed. So let's move. We've arrested seventy-four pedophiles since two thousand eighteen. By the way, and these people, uh, nine out of ten of them have no criminal history. Uh, they have uh, regular jobs. They work in industries that come into what? your homes to yeah. service. Oh yeah, these are what? people up among us. Yeah, Steph, I'd seen one was a firefighter. Yep. What? Yes. Yeah. These aren't, uh, you know, if I ask somebody right now and you're listening, 
uh, audience to to mentally picture an evil predator. You could probably paint somebody that you would just see on the side of the road and go, yeah, that's exactly it. Well, let me just tell you, that's not who it is. It's exactly the opposite of who you think it is because they are so manipulative and uh, so cunning that they fit among us and you don't even know it. So that's why you've got to be preemptive. And do you know that sexual crimes are the only ones in our nation that you actually have to register for? You put your picture, your address, your cars. Why is that? Because you can't undo that knot. Right. Oh. And this is supposed to be a happy story, I know, but it's going to save It's supposed to be happy, but it's so timely in what is happening right now. So I think this is so good. People need to hear this to know that it's real. Just to start conversations. Yes, absolutely. Can I tell you about one of my favorite things in 2020? I need something good in 2020. Yes. Okay. Let me tell you, I am obsessed with all the new candles and room sprays and hand sanitizer and accessories that I've been buying from the girls at Method Quality Goods. Is that where you got all my candles from? Yes. Their room spray turned your house from an armpit to, I'm sorry, what? Grapefruit mint. It is now my favorite scent. You have hooked me up with all the candles I could ever want. Obviously, I want more. And they just came out with their Harvest Collection. They are running a promo for our listeners. It's Tell Us 10. That's Tell Us 10. If you spend $35 or more, you'll get $10 off with that promo code. Just go to their website, getmethoddesign.com. That's getmethoddesign.com. A proud sponsor of Tell Us a Good Story. Y'all, you will love them. I pay full price for their stuff and I'm so obsessed. I cannot say good enough. We already wrapped up this commercial. So. I can't say enough good things. I can't, I can't stop talking about them. So let's move on to the peaceful protest yeah. that took place in the video that went viral a couple months ago, Sheriff. So we will let listeners uh, listen to the audio of the clip that went viral. But can you walk us through what took place up to the moment we saw that video clip? Because from what I've heard, from what I've read is you didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, they could, people could be coming to set the courthouse on fire or do a variety of things. So what, what took place up to that moment? So the Monday before is when the George Floyd video broke and eight minutes and 46 seconds, it changed policing forever. Right. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you could feel the tension rise. I mean, even here in Flint. Friday night, I think the country went to bed thinking that it's just another day. But Friday night, the 29th of May, is when the cities lit on fire. Miami, Portland, L.A., Detroit, Chicago. They burned CNN. They burned precincts. They, it was a tipping point. That next Saturday morning, May 30th, we had already had scheduled Three days ago, the protest on Saturday and another one right here on the front lawn on Sunday. So they they were already in the books before Friday night even happened. So Saturday, when we woke up and we saw that, immediately I called the command staff and I said, hey, we're going to meet at one o'clock and we're going to get a game plan should our protest tip over like we've seen around the nation. We meet here, we get a battle plan, exactly the same thing that you would think about and imagine across the country, riot helmets, shields, batons, 
pepper spray, tear gas launchers, rubber bullets, everything. Who goes to jail? Take them all, ground and pound. And at about 2 o'clock, 2.15, I leave because Elon Musk is putting a uh, spaceship at the International Space Center. I go home <laughs> to watch it, and uh, I'm sitting on my couch, and it's like uh, 3.40 in the afternoon when my wife walks by, and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm, I said, I'm just going to go back downtown because I don't know what's going to happen. And I feel like because the jail's so close and they already burned a sheriff's office that I just, I just want to make sure I don't want to be here if something goes down. I go down about 4 o'clock, 4.30. I meet one of my command staff there, and we just wait till 5 o'clock. And it's a, uh, a beautiful day. It's about 75 degrees, sunny. Everything's quiet. But we start seeing on our social media tools uh, different threats that are coming in about burning this neighborhood and bringing rocks and filling bottles with fuel and, and, uh, and setting up bricks and go here, go there. And, we're just kind of watching it. And then at about five o'clock, six or seven people show up. And it's at a Target store at the business district in Flint, Flint Township, actually. And the command center is a township police department that's about a mile and a half away. So we're just seeing this and, and slowly, by slowly, the crowds grow. And then it gets to 30, 40, 50 crowd. And then they take over one lane of traffic, take over two. They march to the west, and then they go to the east, and they stop a major interstate, I-75 southbound for 15 minutes. And the whole goal was let them do their thing, make sure their voices are heard, and then we're going to move on. Now, I was not part of the incident command as the sheriff, but I'm a frontline dude. Like, my method of leadership is to be right there in the middle of the crossfire because that's, that's what I can see and touch. And, and so that's where I was. But the command said, Center, as they're watching this, now we have drones in the air, we're watching the whole thing. Everybody saw what was happening, but nobody expected what was going to happen next. So as they walked back from the east to the west where they started, they kept going west. And this is about seven o'clock at night, crowds now over a hundred, and uh, you can feel the tension, but everything's cool. They get past a fire truck, and the fire truck was at a major intersection. And when they passed that fire truck, we knew that something was different. They're on a mission. And to this day, I don't know who decided to do this, but they turn right up of uh, up on a street called Fleckenstein, and that dead ends right into the Flint Township Police Department. And that's when everything changed. Because the crowd just went from peaceful anger to just straight-up venom. So they call for all vehicles, all cars, respond to the police department. Myself, the commander, we take off. We go to the back of the police department. We know that we're not letting that happen. I mean, I, I understand... Other places had happened, but there was not, they were not going to take over the police department and they certainly weren't going to burn it. So we come in the back and I put on my helmet. I already have my vest on. They're getting their, their shields and their batons and they run up and, and multiple agencies form a line at the front entrance of the police department. And I'm telling you, I've been on the job a long time and I've been in horrific situations here in Flint. Never have I seen or felt that much tension when I saw what was happening as they came over the hill and the crowd is bigger than I've ever seen it by the hundreds. Now they're in cars and they're on roofs and they're screaming horrific things to the police. As I'm coming up over the hill on the opposite side, I'm seeing what's happening. And, and we were just about to come a statistic. Uh, we had all the line there. We had the helmets, everything you see on TV. Long story short, I go to the left and I call up a friend of mine who's a black pastor who's got street credibility. His name is Jeff Hawkins. 
I had just seen him earlier and I asked him where he was. He goes, I'm in the crowd. Now I'm going to tell you this. There was no plan. I'd love to say this is what I thought of on the, uh, you know, as far as a, you know, a strategic way to handle it. It was completely by the spirit of God and the fact that through instinct and, and just doing a, doing a, uh, a rapid fire guess that I'm going to go in the crowd. So I knew psychologically by going in the crowd with a helmet sends a message different than going in the crowd without a helmet. And right. it shows not to be macho or anything that if I take my helmet off and I walk in the crowd, I thought it's going to show them that I'm not intimidated. I'm here to listen to what they're saying. And I, and I told Jeff Hawkins, I said, listen, I'm coming to you. Stay right there. I'm going to give, I'm going to come see you. And I walked up and I gave him a big old hug. It's like 15 feet in the middle of the crowd. And they're just ah, going chanting like crazy. So as soon as I turned around, one of the, the organizers, a shot caller came over. Then the captain came and, uh, and said, hey, this guy wants to talk. And I looked at him and I had my helmet on my side. I said, bro, that guy is not who we are. These cops, they're here to protect you. What do you need me to do? And then he says, tell the people what you just told me. And I said, get their attention. And just like that, he turned, he said, hey, everybody, the sheriff wants to say something. And all the cameras and all the phones went. And that was the first half of the video. When I start talking to him and I'm like, you got kids and you got babies and you know, that guy over there gives hugs. And, and I talk about that. And that second question is really what walked into the history books. I said, what else do you need us to do? And I know you've seen the video, but right. I want you to pay specific attention is that when I asked that question, a group that was completely unorganized, almost in unison with not even hesitation said, walk with us. And they kept getting louder. And one of the guys I'm friends with now, his name is Quan Adams. He's a big, tall black guy with a black hoodie, a black bandana. He's got a deep, baritone voice. And he's like, walk with us. He's screaming right in front of me. And that's when I step back. And the gears are turning. And to your point, when you said, could have gone bad, you're right. I had a 50-50 shot. And that's when I said, that's it. Let's walk. Let's walk. And I just kept, I said, we'll walk all night. And in an instant, <laughs> I'm telling you, in an instant, it went from hatred to hope. Uh, okay, I have a question. You're walking over the hill, and you see all these people. We now know you're a man of faith from what you just said. Is your heart pounding? Are you praying? Are you? What is going on in your mind as you're walking towards this crowd? Uh, I'm a believer, and uh -huh. the Holy Spirit has appointed me for such a time as this. Mm. It's equipped me for the things that I need to do. So I have a constant diet of prayer and petition and thankfulness. I pray daily for wisdom and discernment. When I took this job on January 6th of this year as the appointed sheriff, at 1201, I hit the knees and I prayed like Solomon prayed. So to say that I, was I praying at that moment? Not a bit. I didn't say, Lord, be with me. And I'm going to tell you, my pulse was 50. Because I go into a zone like anybody who's in a high-stress, sympathetic situation, if you're prepared for it and you're ready for it, you're just in the zone. So I'd love to say that all that was happening, but I can't. I could just say it was just autopilot. Mm -hmm. And when I was walking down there, I was just, I literally was actually more angry than anything because I was thinking just last week, we were heroes of how we're handling COVID because we've never taken a day off. We've worked in this environment, keeping people safe. This office itself in March of 2020, March 17th, started a care task force that when all the social services stopped in the city of Flint, which is a very oppressive 
city and they didn't have food, we delivered a million pounds of hard food to our people. Like we were the heroes. And in an instant, they hated us. They wanted us dead. Right. That's what got me so angry. So I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I was just, I was just calm. I was in the zone and I'm, I'm, I'm assessing like what's happening. So the Holy Spirit led that whole thing and allowed me to do that. And it's funny because I watched the video after about a, a probably the next day, it took me about 24 hours because of timing and everything. I watched the video and I see it now when they said, walk with us, I take a step back and I go, I take a big, deep breath to me. That was the best moment of my entire police career because I listened to the spirit. I obeyed the spirit and he changed my life forever. Oh, that's so good. Okay, I've got goosebumps. I do too, because Sheriff, we just talked about this. We just talked the other night, Sheriff. Ugh. When I was praying, I said, Steph, what keeps coming to my mind about Sheriff Swanson is such a time as this. When Mordecai spoke to Queen Esther and mm-hmm. said, maybe you have been put in this position yeah. for such a time as this. Yeah. And then I look at you, Sheriff, and I didn't know until after this, mm-hmm. I looked it up. You were appointed in January like what you just said, for such a time as this. That's right. Yeah. That is incredible. Uh, I have tears in my eyes. I have goosebumps. Uh, That is incredible. That's amazing. So one of the impacts of this has been you going on a media circus, right? Mm -hmm. From, I saw you on CNN, Fox News, The Today Show, PBS, gosh, Entertainment Tonight, Inside Edition, Glenn Beck Program, Tell Us a Good Story. Tell Us a Good Story, yes. (laughs) So what was that like? Because that seems exhausting to me. I think it sounds amazing. Oh, to do all those? Yes, it's amazing. Get your story heard. Uh, What was that like, Sheriff? So uh, I love this question because um, it's described as lightning in a bottle. Now, preparation is what I've been doing my whole life, not knowing that the time to face the giant would come on that day. So I have always... Uh, spoke to groups around the nation and uh, my leadership business on the outside has, uh, has honed me in my skills for that moment. So uh, by the fact that I was put in that situation and unbeknownst to me, all those thousands of hours of public speaking and dealing with media and being battle tested, it was all done for that moment because what happened at the March was great but it was the message that had to be conveyed. And so as soon as that happened, the next day, which was Sunday, I got a call. How they got my number, I don't know, from a guy at the Associated Press. And uh, he's a black guy from Detroit. And I remember walking out. I had uh, gotten home at like one in the morning. I got up because every two hours I was checking to make sure the city wasn't burning and everything was just calm. It was unbelievable. I called him about 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and uh, he's asking me what happened, and I get done telling the story, and he said, Sheriff, I, I want you to know that I asked to work this story because I saw the video. I was watching it live. He says, I want you to know that this is going to be big. I said, I appreciate it. He goes, no, Sheriff, listen to me. It's going to be big. Wow. And not only was it big, from that March until the next Monday morning, which was less than 48 hours, from May 30th to June 2nd, it reached 6,000 news outlets and had 3.2 billion impressions. And so we in this office, Kevin, Todd, we turned this entire place into a situation room. <laughs> and I will tell you that 
on Monday and Tuesday, between those two days, we did over 45 interviews oh, all over the world from Russia to Israel, to Canada, to Australia, Fox, MSNBC, all those ones you named. And I'm telling you, every one of them to this point, I've done over a hundred interviews since then. I haven't stumbled on one word. I haven't been able, I haven't had to backtrack my message because when you are speaking with supernatural authority, you can't mess it up as long as you recognize where that authority comes from. And it was an amazing personal example that as a believer, I saw the hand of God. And I just said it today, who's anointed this place. It's anointed me. It's anointed the people we're doing because what has happened since then is a message of hope that has gone throughout the world. And I could go on and on. And I give an example as we were going into this every single day, Kevin will testify to it. It was crazy. Uh, hey, the, the White House just featured this on the briefing. Hey, uh, Poppy Harlow wants to interview tomorrow. Don Lemon wants you to do this and all that. And it can be very flattering. But all the while I knew that this was my moment to be the Joseph to Egypt. This is my moment not to get caught up in the excitement, but to give the message. And it was very easy to do that. It was exciting. And since then, we've had a crest after about two or three weeks. It's leveled off, and now it's coming right back because what people have seen is the Let's Walk movement has transformed into, hey, th this, this guy's getting it right. This guy's gone 14 weeks without a single arrest and not a single board broken. And this guy's talking to blacks and Muslims and he's talking to all these. He, how is this happening? Because not me, but I get put in that position to example the, the love of Christ. He, he didn't just preach to who? The people. He preached to the prostitutes, to the drunks, right. to the tax collectors. And, and I'm just living out the word. And that's why it's right. so fun. I got to tell you, mm. oh. you want to hear a great story? Please. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So it was late. We were here so sometimes one, two o'clock in the morning, and we'd be right back up for a morning show. And uh, I just do uh, a show, and uh, Don Lemon had uh, shown the video. And I will tell you this remove all the politics. Every one of the major news networks were very kind when it comes to they wanted to put out that Flint and this guy did it right. Not one time did anybody disrespect me, did he try to put me in a corner and I was very thankful for that. And when I got done with uh, a show and Don Lemon saw it, they sent a message back and they said, we want to bring Sheriff back. And we're asking that he writes a message of hope to close out CNN for the nation to hear. Wow. Yep. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, Sheriff, we don't know you. Oh, but let me tell you, we are proud of you oh so proud i mean true hero status the leadership right? example that you have set is phenomenal and let me tell you you will be in our prayers as you continue to serve flint not only him but his whole staff your team yes. Yes. your office yes as you continue to serve our country absolutely so thank you for saying yes to us we, we appreciate, appreciate that you. sheriff so i'm gonna ask a favor please please I appreciate the protection, but I'm going to ask that, that you pray that the Lord would use me to open doors and close doors, but in a way that's supernatural to influence the most amount of people for the greatest message of hope. And if, and if, 
is he hears the cries of the people to be used in the position with, without any attacks, but just to keep push forward. Because I believe, just like you said, that that appointed time is not just for Genesee County, but it's for the state, for the nation, and for the world. And I believe I'm in that crosshair. So humility, protection, wisdom, and discernment. That's, that's what I would ask from you. We absolutely will pray for that for not only you, your team, and then also your family, your wife, who's battling this with you. Like she needs covered in prayer as well, as long as with your children. So for sure, we appreciate it, Sheriff. Thank you so much. Call anytime. Thank you for using your platform. Keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review this episode. Also, for those who have asked us how to financially support, you can go to kevinandsteph.com and order one of our books of You Met Her Where. Thank you so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.